And so there's one thing to say that we are a, an agency that believes in surprising and delighting your audience and being fun and playful and using levity and all of that. And there's another thing in showing that. And so that was a big piece for us is that we kept saying is like, we have to make sure that all the things that we believe and we stand for are very clearly stated up front in our site and just the customer experience as they're exploring our brand so that people very quickly get it. The first time I heard the phrase surprise and delight, I was being trained on Starbucks and Seattle's best coffee company culture. Our trainer, who was excellent by the way, told us that we were empowered to look for little ways to surprise and delight our guests. Now, that could be delivering a freshly brewed cup of coffee to the table they were sitting at or simply taking the time to learn our regulars' names, but the expectation was set that we would go above and beyond. Now, this mantra has stuck with me over the years of running my own company. I'm not as good with stylish gifts or personal notes the way some business owners are, but I am very good at surprising and delighting our clients by taking extra time to answer questions, providing extra resources, or just paying for coffee when we meet up. It doesn't take much for an experience to be memorable. And building a brand around memorable, surprising, and delightful experiences, well, that's a recipe for success. I'm Tara McMullen, and you're listening to What Works, the show that transcends the hype to bring you candid conversations about what's really working to run and grow a small business today. This week, we're taking a look at a very particular way to surprise and delight your customers with humor. Allie Lefevre is the co-founder of Obedient Agency, a full-service humor marketing agency. Truly, the first time I landed on their website, I can describe my experience as nothing less than surprised and delighted. It's not funny for funny's sake. It's humorous for clarity's sake. Every piece of it serves to define who they are, what they do, and who they do it for in the most unique ways possible. I had to know how this brilliant branding and positioning functioned on the inside. Had they designed equally surprising and delighting client experiences? Of course they have. Allie and I talk about how that website got built, which is a great look at the brainstorming process they use throughout the agency. We also chat about how they infuse humor into every touch point they have with a client, how they manage each client touch point, and why client fit is such an important piece of the puzzle. Now, let's find out what works for Allie Lefevre. Allie Lefevre, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, so I want to start this conversation out with your website because I think your website is amazing. Oh, thank you. I, ha I have a feeling like that's, the, you know, we're talking about client and customer experience this month and in this conversation in particular. And, you know, websites tend to be where the client experience actually starts, right? You're making that first impression when someone hops on your .com or whatever extension you have. And, you know, they, they start taking in your copy and your visual presentation. And yours is just so well done. And oh. I loved it. And it made an immediate impression on me. So I was curious if you could kind of bring us into the room or the meeting or the phone call where you and your partner, Lindsay, started to formulate the ideas for that site. Can you take us back to that moment and kind of walk us through how that happened? 
Oh, yes. Well, it was a, a weird and wild time, I can assure you, any brainstorm between the two of us. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is when we were thinking about our our presence on, you know, in the digital world and how we were marketing our business and talking about our brand and what we did is we really wanted to show and not just tell. And so there's one thing to say that we are a, a brand that are an agency that believes in, uh, you know, surprising and delighting your audience and being fun and playful and using levity and all of that. And there's another thing in showing that. And so that was a big piece for us is that we kept saying is like, we have to make sure that all the things that we believe and we stand for are very clearly stated up front in our in our site and just the customer experience as they're exploring our brand so that people very quickly get it. And so um in terms of the actual like content or visual style, oh, it was it was a thousand different pivots and back and forth and and switches and changes. For us, it was saying, okay, this is this is kind of a new concept where we're bringing to the market, right? Is this idea that fun sells. It's not that no one's ever talked about it, but, but you know, we are still yet to find another agency who's really built their whole ethos around mm -hmm. it. So how do you make that make sense to people? So, I mean, Tara, our ideas were just bonkers. <laughs> there was, you know, a million metaphors, a million really bad, dumb rabbit holes that we went down. We wanted to show people, okay, this is the thing that we do. And how do we explain it in a way that makes sense? How do we have people enjoy the experience as they're going through it? So, um, God, I, I'm even remembering when we're writing the homepage, like, hello, do come in. Like we wanted that initial, <laughs> that initial, uh, engagement with us to feel welcoming and warm and, and comfortable so that even as you, you know, started to explore this new idea, you're like, oh, I feel like I can, I can, uh, I belong here or, or there, I'm, I feel more, uh, engaged in what they're doing, or I feel like I can be a part of this thing. And so it was just, uh, one wild brainstorm after another. Um, it's really funny. We always say there's two things we always say when we're brainstorming. And I think it's for us to, to give a little bit of like a softball loft with our potentially really ridiculous, wild, silly ideas is we'll either say, um, is there a world in which this thing, and then we state our, our idea could be good or could be true. <laughs> And then, so then we can present the idea and it feels like we're not fully committed to it, but we're just kind of testing the waters of, oh, could this be good? And then, um, and then the other thing we are often saying is, well, not this exactly, but here's the thing I'm kind of thinking. And again, we're, we're lobbing our, our potentially wild, ridiculous idea into the world. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the starting point was making sure we had a really strong position coming out the gate. We could showcase our personalities immediately and that we could really, um, show our experience and not just talk about it. I love that. Can you give us an example of an idea that maybe didn't make the cut and why it didn't make the cut? Oh my gosh. God, a million. Um, I don't even know if this will make sense fully, but there was this whole metaphor we were trying to play with. It's going to sound so ridiculous about, we started to talk about everything but the kitchen sink. And then we started to play around with like dishes and plates, metaphors and dishwater and submerging your ideas. And it was so, we look back on it and we go, what the hell were we even talking about? It sounded in the moment like brilliant. And like, we were really digging into something deep here and we were showcasing it in a way that was really funny and lighthearted. And then we look back and we're like, that made zero sense whatsoever. Um, but the point, sometimes the point is that the, I, 
often, even if the ideas are really bad or they're just missed the mark, they're often we're getting closer in terms of like, what, what are we trying to actually say here? What's the intention behind this sentiment? What's the joke we were trying to get across or the feeling we were trying to convey or the message we were trying to make stick. And so that can often um, get us in the right place. Uh, another funny thing, not, not about this particular project, but we, we do a lot of spec work often where we are just mm-hmm. creating like faux campaigns of, fu- of funny, wild, de- wild ideas. We would love to see, um, our, you know, potential clients, uh, you know, uh, try out in the world with their brand. And it's just, you know, that's where we get to go hog wild and, and be playful and silly and ideate. And, uh, in, in general, the ideas are just wild and ridiculous. And, and we ultimately are trying to get back to the core message. And sometimes we have to get really weird in order to get there. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love that, um, kind of example yeah. because it shows how difficult communicating what we want to communicate is, right? And I think anytime we're taking our businesses' values, our mission, like in your case, you have this really unique selling proposition that you have around fun sales, humor marketing. Um, it can be hard to distill that into a short, concise description of what you're actually talking about. And I think it's such a it's a great example then of how the website does such a successful job of that. You read that website, you look through the visuals, you um, kind of get immersed in those metaphors that you guys have going on in there, and you get a clear idea of what you stand for, of what you're all about, and what you're going to get when someone when when I buy from you, mm-hmm. right, or when a brand buys from you. And I think that's why it's so so successful. So first off, kudos on how successful the website oh, is. And second, you. kind of thanks for taking us inside of that, that process. So let's talk more about humor marketing and what that actually means. Um, and more specifically, even how that actually translates to your client's experience in working with you. So first off, can you tell us what humor marketing is? And then second, how you employ humor in the client experience with your agency. Yeah, well when we when we think humor marketing, what we think is basically every opportunity to brand and market your business in a way that both surprises and delights your consumer. And I know surprises and delights is is such a, you know, overused phrase, but it's probably the easiest way to explain it because for us humor isn't all belly laughs and tears streaming down your face. It's it's often very clever and it's very subtle and it's very smart and it and it lands on you in a way that goes, huh, or oh, I can't believe they thought of that. Or I'm really surprised they framed it that way. I can really relate to it or I understand it or I get it or I remember it. So it's this idea of bringing levity to, to a brand in order to evoke the right emotions from your consumer. Now, depending on what your industry is, depending what your goals are as a brand, depending on, uh, you know, maybe uh, the the team and how they talk about their product or what the founders believe in the mission, there's a lot of different ways to, to position and, and market your business. And so what we're looking at is saying, okay, taking all of that into consideration, what is the way we need to position your business? And then in order to really lend itself to something fresh and new and nuanced so that you could be a leader in your industry, how do we wrap a personality around it, the right personality, so the right tones and tactics and and uh, voice in order to 
elicit the the exact response, ideally, that we want from your consumer? Do we want them to feel aspired, inspired? Do we want them to feel empathetic? Do they want? Do we want them to know, like, and trust you? Do we want them to feel excited or feel taken aback? Like, what is that thing we're trying to draw out of them? So we see humor marketing as this like big umbrella. That really is allowing those really deep, really quick customer brand experiences to develop is because you're making people feel good while they're engaging with your brand in some capacity. Mm. I love how kind of broad and wide reaching all of those different feelings were that you just mentioned, because I I have to admit in my head, I think humor marketing and I think, oh, it's about making people laugh and then having a connection because you laughed. But humor is so much more than that. It is all of those wide reaching emotions. And it is, you know, you can, you can communicate so much through a turn of phrase, through a joke, through humor, through a visual gag, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. It's not just oh, that's funny. <laughs> and so I really appreciate you talking about how you're thinking about how you want the customer ultimately to feel and then how that's going to influence their relationship with that brand. Yeah, absolutely. It's because well, the reason really why we landed on humor is, um, I. so just to give you a little b- background of, of why we got there, it wasn't just because we like humor or we're just funny people. It was a very smart, strategic, intentional decision. And the reason why is there are three core emotions that evoke, uh, that release adrenaline in your system. And that really helps you to lock in and cement in an experience. And they are fear, grief, and laughter. And, um, Aside from those, when most brands are marketing to their audience, they're either watering down their copy and evoking no emotion, or if they are, it's mm-hmm. often fear. They're, they're preying mm-hmm. on their insecurities. They're playing to the worst parts of people. They are, are trying to hit those pain points. And yes, it works. And yes, it's effective. And yes, it will convert people. But um, grief and grief just isn't a, a space we wanted to play in, but it does also is effective. <laughs> but laughter laughter does all of that heavy lifting and it doesn't have the negative long-term residual effect, right? So the the difference is uh, evoking a consumer to take action from a place of fear is that they are using your product or service to fill a void. And as soon as that thing doesn't work, they're off to the next. When you're using um, laughter or feel-good tactics or positivity or something that's fun and fresh is is you're starting to build a relationship. They're no longer meeting you from an empty place. They're no longer meeting you from a place of, I need your thing to fix or solve me. And so there's an actual relationship built and it's built from a place of, of I feel better, who, you know, as a consumer, I feel better about who I am in the presence of this brand. And that is the that is something we're all desiring is to feel better in the presence of, of the things we engage in. So, um, yeah, there, there was an intentionality, uh, in terms of why we went in that direction. And we just wanted to be in a world where, yes, we're already hit with hundreds, if not thousands of brand messages a day. Why wouldn't we want them to make us feel good in the process and be a part of that creation? Hmm. Got it. So how do you then want your clients to feel while working with you and your agency? Yeah. Well, we want them to feel that same surprise and delightfulness the whole way through. You know, if I think of our brand tone, we are this interesting mix of authoritative and very direct, but also very silly and playful. And so that's our way 
to, um, you know, we knew what we wanted to evoke in our consumer. We wanted to be the subject matter experts about this topic, but we wanted to make it very palatable and accessible and delightful and enjoyable and memorable and just people to have a silly goose time when they interacted with us. So when it comes to our customer uh, engagement process or our client journey, every single touch point for them, we make sure that it is obedient branded. It is fun. It is playful. It is surprising. It is interesting. So that's everything from our, our lead forms to our emails, to our Um, when they're scheduling appointments with us to when they are receiving information for the first time, when we're having them do our brand intake questionnaire, when they are, um, we're delivering their assets and delivering their, the creative, you know, every single thing, it has personality infused into it and every single place we want them to feel something and we want them to remember us and we want them to, to show them, see how good it feels coming through our experience. This is what your customer should feel too. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, we're actually, we have a, a very insane, crazy, meticulous spreadsheet where we have hundreds of customer touch points and we have them all mapped out in terms of all the various things we're trying to tell a customer at a, at a various point in, in the experience, how we want them to feel, uh, you know, what specific phrases are we using? How do those stories and narratives build together? So yeah, it, it's very much intentional and thoughtful. Okay. I want to dig into that. One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear how Ali and obedient agency incorporate humor into each touch point they have with clients in just a minute, but first a word from our what works partners. What works is brought to you by mighty networks. It's time to start thinking about next year, your goals, your new projects, your opportunities. It's also time to start thinking about how you're going to make it all happen. And when it comes to building a business online, you've got tons of options for the software it all runs on. In fact, the sheer number of platforms promising to help you turn your ideas into a new product, program, or course can be overwhelming. You end up with a business that's made up of five or six core pieces of software, plus another 10 or 15 adding bells and whistles. What started out as a simple idea to build a community or teach what you know turns into a mess of apps, software, and subscriptions. Mighty Networks can make it all so much simpler. Mighty Networks is the only software available that helps you build a beautiful, rich community experience while delivering your own courses, premium groups, and sales funnel. And unlike the software or platforms you might have tried in the past, you have complete access to message and reach all of your members at any time. It's 100% ad-free, it's mobile first, and you can make your Mighty Network private, public, secret, or paid. Plus, your Mighty Network also includes new, innovative community features that speed up the time it takes for your members to meet and build relationships, not just with you, but with each other. If you're thinking about launching a new group, course, or program in the new year, it's the perfect time to choose the simpler solution by getting started with Mighty Networks today. Go to MightyNetworks.com to start your free trial. That's MightyNetworks.com. Now, like I said, it's that time of year, the time we start thinking about next year. We start setting goals, making plans, and deciding what we're going to change. But this year, I'm doing things differently. I'm not setting goals. 
I'm making commitments. Over the last few years, I've made a lot of big changes in my life, business, and relationships. Some of these changes started out as goals. Others started out as a cloudy idea of what I wanted to be different. But what really produced results was my commitment to moving in the direction I wanted to go. Now I'm defining everything I do in terms of the commitment I'm willing to make and the results, well, they've been nothing short of life-changing. Now in true What Works style, I wanna share my process with you. I wanna tell you what's worked for me and help you apply it in your own way to your own business and life. So you're invited to my first public workshop in over a year. It's called The Commitment Blueprint, and it's an interactive deep dive through the process I've developed over the last three years as I examine my own goals, both personal and business. During this free 90-minute workshop, I'll ask you to consider what you want to commit to in 2020, the habits you'll need to develop to make it happen, the things you'll want to step back from, and where you anticipate running into challenges. We'll look at our cycles of overcommitment and undercommitment, our patterns of self-sabotage, and the mindset shifts we can make to move in the direction we truly desire. It's a very different take on goal setting and planning for the new year. Now, the Commitment Blueprint is tomorrow. That's Wednesday, November 20th at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Go to crowdcast.io slash whatworks and click on the Commitment Blueprint to save your seat. That's crowdcast.io slash whatworks. Can you walk us through... Um, a few of the specific touch points that most of your clients go through. You mentioned like lead forms and first communication and brand questionnaire. Can you walk us through some of those and specifically call out how you have, I love how you put obedient branded it, you know, branded that touch point so that it creates the emotion and the relationship at that point that you want to create? Yeah. Well, um, I can give you one very silly example, um, that it's the one that comes top of mind for me. And it's not our lead form. It's our, um, it's a, it's a, a, a form that we send to people who want to potentially work for us. Oh, okay. And so when we, uh, which it's kind of a similar nature, but I can just remember the specifics of it mm-hmm. right now. So I'll, I'll refer to that one. Um, so it is essentially, if you want to apply to, uh, be a copywriter for us or design for us. We we aren't necessarily hiring uh, all the time, but we're always willing to look at applications and who's coming into our pipeline. And we want them to see that, hey, if you're going to work with us and for us, there's a certain way we do things, right? So um, one specific question I can think of off the top of my head is when people are applying to be um, actually a copywriter for us, we want them to go through an exercise where they're coming up with the wildest, silly um, menu items based on nineties boy, boy bands. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. so it's, it's one of those moments where it's not a typical, I mean, there's a lot of other fun, ridiculous questions we're asking along the way, but in terms of, of one that really always stands out to people and they get to have a lot of fun is they get to a question where they're forced to, to show us their creativity and, but it's done in a very, low bar, like just have fun with this. There's no right or wrong answer. We just want to see you have a good, uh, a good time. And so, um, that that's for us, the intentionality behind that is that we want to see people be able to let loose and let their 
um, ridiculous ideas run wild. We want them to very quickly understand what we stand for, what we're about. We want them to, when they engage with us, feel like, oh, I haven't done it this way before. So I'm sure that that designer has applied to multiple other design jobs or um, or agencies, but I doubt that they've ever been made to do that. And no. that's the that's the goal, right? Is like, we want to get the people who want to do something different, who want to think differently, who want to, um, who, who want to, um, really, you know, engage in branding and marketing in a way that is, is playful and positive. And, and so we have to see that up front. So I, you know, I know that's not the customer, the client experience per se, but that's a, an example of things we do throughout, uh, various touch points in our business. No, it's a great example. Um, Okay, let's let's do kind of start to focus on uh, the client experience piece. Can you kind mm-hmm. of walk us through that process when someone comes into your orbit and says, "Hey, can we chat about working together on X project?" What happens next? Kind of just walk us through what that kind of typical engagement looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when someone reaches out to us. Um, if they generally, uh, we have them filled a very quick questionnaire that is just us aggregating some initial info about their brand. We are very quickly letting them know, hey, this is the way we do things around these parts. Are you in or you out? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason we do that is because the the worst feeling in the world for us, and I know it would be the worst feeling in the world for a potential customer, is to end up in the process with us. And we want to have we really want to push the boundaries and they really want to water it down. And so they would feel like they're not getting what they want and they're feeling disappointed. And then we would feel like, Hey, this isn't the world we built. And, and yes, we are so, we are so happy to, to, to understand our clients needs and customers needs, but we also really want to push people past the comfort zone of what they're used to. So that's the first part of the process is really understanding is really making sure that they, they understand that, Hey, around here, we're going to do things a bit different. And, and so that's phase one. Phase two is I always get on a call with new clients. Um, for the simple fact that I really, I'm an extrovert. I really like talking to people. I think it's such a, a, almost a lost art form, which is why it's so lovely to be in a podcast. Um, and I think that people just, they understand you and they trust you and they like you more if they can hear your voice. And, and it's a way to say, Hey, listen, like, I want to hear more about you. I want to learn more about what you're up to. I want to tell you about this wild world that, that we've built and how we can help you. And I'm just of the mindset at that stage that there is zero pressure in any direction. Just tell us what you're up to. If, if, if you're game and you're interested, then we certainly, I'm sure we could help. Um, and then from there, we are, you know, let's say that they're, they're like, oh my God, this is the best agency in the whole wide world. We want to work together. We, um, we are then developing a, a project sc- scope for them. And, and then we'd be sending over a quote and, 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 and a contract invoice, all that stuff. And even when we deliver that, it's really funny. The email uh, attached to it is actually a poem. So when we deliver <laughs> your initial project quote, we've actually written a poem that is how we deliver it for the first time. So, um, is it a custom poem or do you use the same poem every time? It's, it's cus. There's a part that's customized, oh but it is gosh. the, for, it's been for a little while, the same poem because it's so, it, it always gets a good reaction. So we're like, why, why change something that is working? <laughs> um, so yeah, so that, you know, and then let's assume that they, they love it. They're, they're on board, they're working with us. We, um, we then uh, we start to send a series of you know emails and documentation to help them really get on board with what we're doing. So what we kind of start to do is send like a uh, an, a sequence of emails 
to remind them of why they wanted to work with us in the first place. This might feel scary. This might push your comfort zone. This, this might be uh, a little bit different than you're used to. Like, let, like, let us work our magic. We promise we'll do a great job for you. Just, just try your best to trust us. Um, no one will ever care about your business as much as you do, but I promise we will be second in line to that. So, uh, so like that's the stuff we start to send out to try to get them feeling good and knowing that like we are trying to get ahead of pushbacks and, and potential uh, issues yeah. down the line. Then we have them fill out a brand intake questionnaire where we're digging around, getting all this information from them. And a lot of things that we're doing that um, maybe they're not used to is we're trying to get to the emotional element of their brand. We want to understand their audience and because we're trying to ultimately evoke the right emotion from their audience. We want them to feel something. We want them to feel like we are both understanding their pain points and meeting their needs, but in a way that makes them feel good and not shitty. Um, so we are trying to draw all that out. Then we jump on a, uh, kickoff call and we're kicking off the project and that's us just going through the answers, making sure we're all on the same page. And then at that point, it's basically like, Hey client, you get to kick back and relax and let us do our thing. And, and if we need anything else, we'll reach back out. But in the meantime, just enjoy yourself and let us work our, our creative magic on your brand. And then that's when we, you know, after that we're working on it and then we present it to our client. And I I guess in between that, like the things that were, you know, the foundational things that we're doing for every brand, no matter what the actual assets or deliverables are, is we are developing their brand position. What is the thing about you that in terms of your specific product or service in your industry that no one else is saying? And how do we say it in a way that people are going to actually pay attention and remember you? And then what is the personality we want to infuse into your brand so people can actually hear your message? And so that's what we're doing behind the scenes. And then we're developing those assets and then we're delivering it to the client. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time because they get to just, I think they get to the, the pressure, uh, they get to, um, uh, we get to alleviate some of that pressure for them is like, they don't have to, yeah. all you have to do is understand your business. We get to make it make sense for people and make it feel good for people. And so, uh, yeah, quite delightful. Yeah. I love that. Give us an idea of the kinds of brands that you're working with. If you want to name drop, that's totally fine. And if you just want to describe them, that's fine too. Yeah. Well, I probably could do a little bit of both. <laughs> um, because some of them are not fully fleshed out yet. Right. Um, But I will give you an example of the wide variety of brands we're working on. So one brand we're working on right now is a uh, private investigator who works to exonerate wrongly convicted individuals. Cool. So that's very cool and wild. And that's something that you would think, oh, how could you bring levity into that situation? So that's one. Another one is we are um, we are working with a, um, a woman who is um, creating courses around and programs around um, race relations, is helping to um, eliminate and strip out the blame and shame uh, that can often be part of the, the race conversation, mm-hmm. is wanting to be able to, to bring people in as allies without them feeling embarrassed or ashamed of the racial history of the past. So- that was a real big, scary one for us because that's such a huge, heavy topic. And we're in the midst of it. And we just delivered phase one of her creative and she's been losing her mind excited. And that was the best. That was probably one of the best feelings we ever had because that was one of the toughest topics we felt like we ever had to engage in. And we were so proud of what she was doing and really wanted to do it justice. Yeah. Um, 
we're working with the University of Chicago. Uh, mm -hmm. We are doing their whole new normal campaign, which is them trying to uh, get more people to participate in health research. So uh, th with the idea that we want to eliminate the time between diagnosis and cure, um, cool. we're working with, uh, and I guess I'll, I'll tell you one other one that is is uh, very fun and very silly is we're working with um, a company called Joy. They are an almond milk uh, or nut-based concentrate. They have more than just almonds now, um, but they are uh, essentially first to the market almond-based concentrate because so you can make your own nut milk at home that has uh, is of higher quality than the stuff you can make at home with a nut bag or, um, and doesn't have any of the additives or chemicals, uh, in terms of what you would find in, or preservatives rather in terms of what type, uh, the type of almond milk you would find in the store. And we have gone really wild with them in terms of, uh, in terms of copy and creative. So those are just a snapshot into some of the folks we're working with at the moment. And as you can see, it's, all over the place in terms of industry and product versus service, and also just how tough the topic is to crack, which is actually the most fun for us. Yeah, no, that's so helpful just in terms of like, the, like you said, the wide range of kinds of clients that you work with and the kinds of uh, challenges that are, I think, in front of you as a marketer, which is, yeah, just so cool. Um, tell me about a time when kind of approaching your client relationships with humor, with this idea of surprise and delight, which also I agree, like it's become a cliche. And at the same time, it's just the best way <laughs> to talk about yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the way we want to to be working with our, our customers. So tell me about a time when working with humor, surprising and delighting, uh, really focusing on that with your client relationships has paid off for you as an agency founder. Oh, absolutely. Well, there is one that I swear to God, it'll go down in the history books for us as the biggest risk we ever internally took. <laughs> and it did pay off because we used humor. And that is we had a client that we were working with on a naming project. And uh, we de generally deliver naming in two rounds. And um, in between the first and second round, they really liked the first round options and they wanted to pivot in a different direction for the second round. And we we probably three or four times advised them against that. They wanted to go from more emotive to more straightforward. And we're like, God, we just don't think you're going to like it. There's a lot of really good options to be had there, but we just don't think based on what we know of you that you're going to want to go in that direction. Anyway, long story short, they wanted to go in that direction. We deliver, deliver the second round of names and there was nothing in there that was, uh, excited them, even though they were, you know, good names, they just hadn't, they just weren't the style that we knew that they were looking for. Anyway, long story short, it, it felt a little bit, a little bit tense after that because they wanted us to give them a couple more names and that just wasn't what we had agreed to. And it's really hard to come up with names. It's probably the most challenging, um, service we offer because it's just, there's so much work that goes into developing a really, really good name. Anyway, wow. long story short, we were just feeling so bummed because we were just in this weird tense situation with a client and we had never experienced that in the three years we've been running our agency. We just have never really dealt with that. And so had this idea, what if we wrote them an email using all of the names that we had just um, created for them. And we wrote them a really nice email that, that called out all the names and they were just, the names were embedded in the narrative. They weren't, it wasn't uh -huh. about the names. It was just using the names as part of the email and the story. And I was like, oh, it could either feel like we're rubbing it in their face or it could really make them laugh and feel good. And it could change, it could turn the tide on this. 
So we wrote it and we're like, oh, it feels like the right thing. It's really funny. It's really good. It's thoughtful. It's all of these things. And we sent it and oh, man, it, it like, we just waited when that email, like when we sent that email out, we're like, oh man, we could just be kicking ourselves right now. And anyway, it turned out they received it really well. I think it really refreshed the relationship. It made them realize like, Hey, we're on your team. We really like care about this project. It, I think it, their uh, guard came down a bit because it was just a, it was just a fun moment to share together. And then, um, and then we could kind of keep going forward on the project, but that was, that was a, a, an, a, I guess a moment where humor worked, but it was also a bit of a risk because it doesn't always work. Um, but when it does, it often pays off in dividends. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that because that was the first time really that I thought about the risk, the inherent riskiness of using humor. Not everyone finds the same things funny. Like you said earlier, it's, you know, are you willing to have your boundaries pushed? Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone? There is an inherent risk to the way you guys not only approach the marketing and branding that you do for your clients, but the way that you handle your relationships with those clients too. How do you know personally when a risk is worth it or not? Yeah, well, I think it it really comes back to all the foundational work that we do is we spend so much time really un- trying to understand an audience and the goals and the industry and our clients so that when we are developing creative, it's done very thoughtfully and very strategically and with an intention in mind. And we are not shock value people. So we we mm-hmm. are we will never create campaigns or creative that is shock value for the sake of shock value. That is um, that is deliberately offensive. That is deliberately flippant. Like that. That is uh, to us maybe a little bit lower brow humor and or a lower brow style that just that is so polarizing that I often think that that is more the creator's decision to put that out there rather than understanding how it's going to land on the audience or really caring. Um, and we really mm-hmm. care a lot about, we want it to be effective ultimately. So I think it's just a lot of the upfront work we and, and time we spend. I think we have a pretty good guess. There are times where we will present the hardest in the paint idea. So this is the, the biggest boundary pusher. And in our mind, we have a paired back version that we can also present if we need to. Um, for example, so when, uh, working with our client, Joy, so they're almond, almond milk. Um, we, there is an opportunity for a lot of nut jokes, and and <laughs> so you know, for us, it's going okay. That's the easiest. That's the easiest joke to make, and it's the most expected, and it can be potentially the most vulgar. So we try to steer away from that. But we had one joke in our back pocket that we knew was pretty edgy, and we thought it was really funny, and we thought, well, we should present this anyway because this might be the one fun place to punch it up. And we could, we could guide them to use this more like on social media, mm-hmm. somewhere where you can be a little bit bolder and edgier. So the, the, the one-liner was milk so good, you'll cream your plants. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were like, oh man, it's either going to land or it's not. And it, the, the, uh, the brand loved it. They went nuts for it. <laughs> LOL. They went nuts for it. But, um, but we said, let's try to use it in, in settings that people are more, um, prepared to be 
uh, a little bit more shocked. So social media is a good medium to start to play around with that type of language. And then once people really, really know and get your brand, you can start to embed it in more of your primary, um, you know, branding channels, like maybe your website, things like that. So, uh, so yeah, that was, that's one example. <laughs> that's so great. Thank yeah. you for yeah. that. Cause you're, both, you're welcome. one, I'm going to be laughing about that all day. And two, <laughs> uh, just such a great example. Um, so Ali, I have really appreciated getting this look at not only what you do for your clients, which is completely fascinating, but also how you treat your clients and how those two things are really integrated in such a smart and intentional and strategic way. I've just got one more question for you, which mm-hmm. is what are you excited about right now? Oh my gosh. I, well, I fortunately wake up every day so excited to do the work that we do just in general. I work with my best friend. We work with a really small but mighty team who are just smart and cool and creative. And I, I love that I get to laugh for a living. It just is the mm-hmm. best feeling in the whole wide world to, to feel that delighted every day by the work that I get to do. doesn't mean I don't get annoyed and frustrated and all of that, but in general, just feel super excited um, to, to really do this work. Um, something I'm particularly excited about is we are actually launching a podcast um, we're still undecided if it's going to be rolling out in Q4 or in Q1, but it's called Brandsplaining. And, and it's our take on how women are marketed to. And so really calling out some of those tropes and having some really good conversations with thought leaders and, and creative directors of brands, female centric brands that we all know, love, and trust, and starting to have those conversations about, um, common themes we see in terms of, uh, branding for, for women. Um, for example, it would be something like, uh, rock climbing, wearing white jeans, right? So like, how do we explore like why we think women need to be, uh, shown images like that, or they have to be talked to in flowery language or et cetera, et cetera. So, um, we have been developing that and we're really excited to, um, to roll that out in the next few months. Well, fantastic. I, please, 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 please drop oh. me a line when that comes yes, out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Will do. I could not wait to listen to that. You are combining my favorite subjects there. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that now too. Yay. Uh, Ali Lefevre, thank you so much for sharing what works for Obedient Agency and just giving us a look inside how you guys do what you do. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me on, Tara. You are wonderful and I appreciate it. Find out more about Ali Lefevre and Obedient Agency at obedientagency.com. Next time, you'll hear from Jacinda Smith, who created a new hairstyling product to take the guesswork out of styling your hair, whether it's straight, curly, or wavy. Except she realized customers had some questions. Jacinda shares how she developed a customer support program that allows any customer to get a one-on-one consultation with a stylist so they love their purchase and their hair. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 240 more candid conversations with small business owners, as well as our free weekly newsletter on building a business that works better at explorewhatworks.com.